Armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? Rum and Cokes? Do you have any idea how important you this is? You're trying to save the idea? pump cup. Really? This is you what you're doing? This is what you're doing? what do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. The Baseball Writers Association of America got it wrong, and it does matter. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The you on this Wednesday as we're heading towards the AFC NFC championship games. The Baseball Writers Association announced their Hall of Fame results. And if you did miss that, what an, an embarrassment this has become. First, they let, and I mean let, Harold Baines in a few years ago, who for lack of a better term for Baines, he was a really good player that played a really long time. So he, he accumulated some decent stats, but was not, he was not an all time great. He doesn't belong in the hall of fame. And now they put Scott Rowland in who squeaks in there by five votes. He got 297, 292 is what's required. He, he squeaks in for by five votes. And it really came down to a lot of these baseball writers like patting themselves on the back about looking at different metrics and because that's why we're going to put them in. But if you watched the game, if you watched Major League Baseball over the years, Scott Rowland was a really good player. He wasn't Hall of Fame. He was not Hall of Fame. You could make an argument for Todd Helton before Scott Rowland. But their metrics, they, they want to slice and dice because he played in Coors Field. You could make an argument for Andrew Jones, who was the cream of the crop for over 10 years at his position. And you could make an argument for Jeff Kent, who is now no longer on the ballot. And he'll get in in five years, I, I'm almost certain. But it's ridiculous. So first things first. Let's hit the why, okay? Why do we care about this? And I found this interesting this morning 
on CBS Sports Network. Here was Gio, and look, well, I'm going to play the clip first, and then I'm going to let you in on why he said what he said. You know what really grinds my gears? You. You. I don't understand it. Now, I know nothing that we really talk about here in sports matters all that much. There are some social issues that matter. And, you know, our teams, we love our teams and we want to see them win. And in the grand scheme of things, it's entertainment and it's fun. But there's also things about, like, you know, team sports and with your family and watching these games and tradition and things like that and watching players and business and contract and, like, stuff that that matters a little bit more. The Hall of Fame induction stuff and who makes the Hall of Fame to me means absolutely nothing. And to see people freak out about who gets in or who doesn't get in is the biggest waste of time. So I beg you, I beg you not to care about this. This is not baseball immortality. Wrong, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. Okay, first things first, if you're not familiar with Gio, he's really more of a guy that's that's brought in there for comedy, though though he claims to be a big sports fan. He's really not. He's He's an NFL fan, loves NFL, but he's not a sports fan, the type of fan that cares about this kind of stuff. So when he sits there and he asks, why do you care about it? It's because you're sports fans. It's because you care about this because, and obviously people for different degrees of interest, but you've you've been interested in this type of stuff your whole life. And when it comes to the, to the National Baseball Hall of Fame voting over any of the others, it matters. Because first of all, it's been around for almost a hundred years now. Baseball is America's sport. Baseball was, was invented here. It wasn't really derived by anything else. The other thing is it's always been the hardest one to get into. That's why nobody cares when the litany of basketball and football players go marching into their hall of fame because it's never been a high bar. Which, which is a shame because when a guy like Tom Brady, a guy like Peyton Manning go into the Hall of Fame, it doesn't mean as much because you have other guys that have been, that have followed and they will continue to follow through that are not considered the best of the best. But baseball, for the longest time, you were considered the greatest of the greatest and it's the hardest to get in. You got to get 75% of the votes. And you cannot tell me that Scott Rowland was the best of the best because most baseball fans riding around out there right now, when you say Scott Rowland, before the conversation happened the last couple of days, most people would have to sit there and think about it and look up his statistics, and that tells you all you need to know about whether or not the guy should be in the Hall of Fame. I'm not saying he wasn't a good player. He's a very good player. But there's a difference between Major League Baseball, Hall of Fame, and the I'm going to go ahead and sh- share the results on the screen. Major League Baseball Hall of Fame and well, National Baseball Hall of Fame, excuse me, and the Hall of Fame for basketball and the Hall of Fame for the National Football League and college football. We've talked about this over over the, over the last week or so, how college football Hall of Fame is getting increasingly easy to get in. So, so no, we don't get bent out of shape about that because it doesn't matter. 
Because when you have an induction class of 20 people going into a hall of fame year after year after year, it really does water it down. But that, but that's what baseball fans believe in a lot is the fact that they shouldn't water it down. Now, when you look at Scott Rowland and you look at what he's done and, and you compare it to, and I thought this is a great comparison, Jeff Kent. Now, th- this was uh, talked about by the Mad Dog today, and I gra- grabbed the clip, and I'll play it here in one second. But I just want to preface it with saying, Jeff Kent was an overall better hitter than Scott Rowland. Jeff Kent played a position where offense at was at a premium at that time at second base. And it was never, we talked about this yesterday, it was never a situation that Jeff Kent was looked upon as a defensive liability. He was top 10 in the league every year in defensive metrics. But they spin it that way, and they tried to, they tried to say, well, Scott Rowland was such a great defender. Okay, then why is it Omar's Vizquel getting more than 19.5% of the vote? So you can't have it both ways. You're either saying that he belongs in, and, and here comes Vizquel, or you're saying... The, the defense doesn't matter. And here was a great point made by Mad Dog. I'll go ahead and play it. How many balls a week do you think that were hit to third base that Roland made a play on that no other third baseman in the sport could have gotten out with? How many a week? Remember, there's a lot of games at third base. You don't get a ball hits you the whole day. So you got to keep that in mind. You might go through a whole game and don't get any ball, any plays, any any plays directly defensively. So then you got to basically say, okay, if you don't, it might be a day or two you don't get balls hit to you. Then you got to add into the component. Well, okay, if that's the case, then how many of those balls does he does get hit to him? Then he makes a great play on. If I said three, that's a lot. And if you think I'm wrong, just go just go watch. If I said three a week, that's a lot. But I'm going to give you three. There are three plays a week that say a great third baseman can make a play on that an average third baseman can't. How many at-bats do you get a week? Let's say you play six games. That's 30 at-bats. So you get 30 at-bats a week compared to three balls a week. What's more important? Do you get 30 at-bats where you can break open a game in any one of those 30 or the three balls that you get hit to you? I don't understand. Okay, so... That was Mad Dog talking about it, and I, I thought he made a great point because a defensive third baseman, though, is valued on an overall season when you're talking about putting a guy in the Hall of Fame. I mean, what are we talking about here? How many hard-hit balls in a given day? See, and there are games where a third baseman's relatively bored over there. But when you look at how many at-bats, and not to mention, the, one of the things that no one ever brings up about this, by the way, is that during Barry Bonds' home run chase, and and all the, and look, we all get that there were steroids involved, et cetera, et cetera, but all the home runs that he hit, the reason, one of the reasons why you had to pitch to Bonds from time to time is because Jeff Kent was standing right behind him in the lineup, and you didn't want to face him. So he wasn't just some... How many times in the history of baseball can you think of a second baseman being in the cleanup position, number one, and number two, at the time, was was the guy that hit right behind at that time before all the steroid controversy hit, 
at that time he was looked upon as the best hitter in baseball and they were okay with putting Jeff Kent behind him. How the he- how is this guy not getting more respect? I just I'll never understand it. We're, g- we're glad to see Fred McGriff get in. I'm not mad at um, about Roland. I do get mad when I hear people say that hey, it doesn't matter cuz it does matter. If it doesn't matter, then why are you doing this? Why, why, why are you paying attention to it? Why are you doing sports? So, and to preface that also, I watch that show pretty regularly in the morning. I'm going to tell you right now, when it hits baseball season, they are lost as far as who certain players are. But then the other thing is, I remember last year when the Phillies and Astros went into the World Series. The moment, and the guy's a Mets fan, the moment the Mets got knocked out, he said he wasn't watching anymore, that he was he was done. Like That right there tells you he's not a baseball fan. So, of course, this doesn't matter to you. But for baseball fans, for people that love the game, there's something different. It, it, just, it just, it hits different in Major League Baseball when you go into the Hall of Fame. And it's just, it's going to be, very disappointing as as younger generations come along and they start seeing it watered down. It's really up to that baseball writers association to hold the line and hold players accountable. And you can't start comparing the guy you let in to the next guy you let in to the next guy. Cause it, you know, the bar is like below your ankles. So that's the memo on that. Real quick before we bring uh, Doug on here with, with his, uh, I'm sure he's got some strong opinions about this. Um, real quick on the on the news. Um, first things first. It looks like the Miami Marlins are no longer pursuing Yuli Gurriel. I, I'm a little surprised by that. I thought he would be a great, and I mean a great addition, but. They've moved on. Maybe he's asking for too much. We know how cheap Miami has been. Matt Barnes gets DFA'd by the Red Sox off the 40-man roster. So that's something to keep an eye on. He, he One time a closer. I still think he's got pretty good stuff. It'll be interesting to see if someone scoops him up. Tony Pollard had successful ankle surgery, and they're looking at about three to four months. Josh Allen not needing UCL surgery in his elbow and Calvin Ridley expected to be reinstated by the NFL Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson quoted as that being said, and Yomer Sanchez also known as Carlos Sanchez. So that's why the confusion infielder that played for the Red Sox and the Mets, he signs a, a, he is signs a, Minor league contract with the Atlanta Braves, most likely headed to to Gwinnett, and he's really more of a depth piece at this point. He's not someone that you're looking to, you know, he played for the Red Sox, he played for the Mets last year, nothing to to write home about. The other thing that is interesting, as, as I pull this off the screen, if you saw the celebration by Ronald Acuna Jr. last night in the Venezuelan League, I think a lot of us Braves fans got hyped for it. It's exciting. Just a few innings later, Ronald Cunha Jr. pulled out 
of the Venezuelan League Championship Series. It, and it's not injury-related. So all this stuff that we've heard over the years about let the kids play and they let them play down down south, that's all you've ever heard Central American teams. They they play with a different kind of style, and, 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 and the U.S. teams don't understand it. Ronald Cunha Jr. had a celebration, and it was a pretty wild celebration. But to cut to the chase, as he crossed home plate, he was he was kind of doing like a dance anyways. Not really important to the story. His family got drenched with beer being thrown on them and, and objects thrown at them to the point that Acuna feared for their safety, and he pulls out of the Venezuelan League Series championship. So I hated to see that because I'm looking forward to watching the Caribbean Series. It's coming up here in uh, about two weeks. Actually, I think it actually starts uh, next week. Excuse me. Um, but it's just, it's disappointing that we're not going to get a chance to see him. Um, it's also disappointing that fans would do that. I mean, what does he, what does his family have to do with the fact that he's celebrating? Anyways, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, Red Raiders with us. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD on 99.1 FM, The Key. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. I'm just there till my divorce is final. Now, who is coconuts enough to divorce you? We gotta go, <laughs> but we'll see you around. Well, we'll have to have you over sometime. I'd love it. All right. Bye. Bye. She's awesome. No, we are never having her over. Her charity slept with two dads from the school. What? Mm -hmm. That's horrible. Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites! I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites! There you go. Yes! Entenmann's Little Bites muffins. The perfect portion of happiness. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Do you want to lose 18 pounds fast and improve your health? Now you can lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months with Nutrisystem. Get delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners, even snacks and shakes delivered safely to your door. All delivered for free. It's easy to follow and you'll see results in your first week you'll get your favorite foods made healthier and perfectly balanced to put your body in fat burning mode millions of people have lost weight with nutrisystem and you can too lose up to 18 pounds in your first two months texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us texting rules for recurring automated text marketing messages message and data rates may apply reply stop to opt out take the scenic route in the new hyundai santa fe the family suv with available h-track all-wheel drive 
to help you travel way off the beaten path. Find new adventures together in the Hyundai Santa Fe. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Welcome back. Red Raider, how are you, sir? You got to unmute yourself. Doing well, thank you. Muted or unmuted? <laughs> well, I know to mute you so we don't get the smokers coughing so, uh, uh-huh. so, yeah. Um, how are you, sir? Doing good. Doing good. Good to be here. Are you ready for fantasy baseball? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I am. <laughs> how many mock drafts have you done already? <laughs> um, I'm up to five already. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a live draft right now. It's one of those long clock drafts. Um, man, I was I was on such the fence. Let's see if I can pull this up real quick and we can actually see it. Um, I was on the fence of uh, who to take. So I so I had the the number eight pick and and it's a twelve team draft. Mm-hmm. And man, there were so many guys there and I really hated taking a Philly, but I felt like Trey Turner fell a little further than he should. So I went ahead and grabbed him. Now there were guys, there there were guys still out there that I could have had like, uh, well, Jose Ramirez, I think was the one ranked above him. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you grab Turner at the, at that rate? Oh, well, it's like you said, I think I would have taken Ramirez, but that's like a tiebreaker. That's like a one and one a between him and Trey Turner. If they're both there. You could have gone either way, and you, in my opinion, you would have been right. But I would have taken Ramirez. All right, so here, so I'm gonna go ahead and pull it up now, so I see that it is actually um, going here. So here we go. Uh, let me sh- share this on the screen. So the. Evidently, I've got the next uh, pick. So here we go. Um, oh, actually, 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 I'm on. I'm on the. I'm on the draft board. So here we go. Oh, okay. So this is what I'm looking at. So I've got Trey Turner, and I don't pick again until heck, it'll be another twenty picks easily. Mm-hmm. And I think you know where I'm going. This is Homer pick. If there's ever been a Homer pick, Homer pick. Oh yeah. I I gotta do it. Because if I'm gonna get stuck with um having a Philly on my team, I gotta even that out. So I went ahead and took uh but just looking at it real quick, just to go over where wh- what's going on so far if people are thinking about doing doing drafts. Uh, off the board. Now this is a 12 man draft. So it went judge, uh, Julio Rodriguez, Acuna. That's who I wanted, but I was like, man, I'm drafting eighth. I'm ne- especially after you hit the home run last night, th- this draft began, began last night. I was like, there's yep. no way he's going to fall to me now. Um, and then after Soto, it went Jordan Alvarez. Uh, that was another one that, that I had circled. 
and we don't have time to get into the point scoring, but, there, but there's a reason for this particular draft. I, I was looking at him. Uh, Trout and Otani went right after that. No big shocker. And then that's when I had Trey Turner. And then Vlad. Vlad was the other one I was thinking about. So Vlad mm-hmm. Betts, uh, Jose Ramirez, Kyle Tucker, Freddie Freeman, and Pete Alonzo, Garrett Cole, Kyle Schwarber, and then Austin Riley. And I hate, I kind of hate not going and grabbing a pitcher, but this is one of these best ball drafts. Okay. Right. And the thing about that is, and I'll go ahead and take this off the screen because no one really cares about your fantasy team except for you, right? (laughs) Uh, But one of the reasons why I went the way that I did, so it's a best ball draft. You have a 10-man bench. And I'm looking at it as, it it, it kind of holds to be true because only one pitcher has gone off the board in the first, what was that, uh, 16 picks or so, 14, 15, 16 picks, somewhere in that number. And it's because it's a best ball, so you just kind of grab pitchers as you go, and whoever pitches the best. Now, I got into one earlier that I thought I had signed up for a for a. Uh, I thought I had signed up for an eight hour draft, eight hours in between picks, because I just want something yeah. to do right, you know, as you go along. That was a thirty second draft. I left the room. I woke up the next morning. I said, like, "How come I'm not drafting yet?" I finally look at whole team's been drafted, and I mean, I think I've got like five or six pitchers. Three, three can start every day, and I've got like five or six for an entire. I was like, "Well, I just threw that." Anyway. I forgot that when you go into this thing, and you'll see that there's an option for an eight hour, or an option for a thirty second. It defaults to thirty, and I wasn't looking. I didn't. I don't think I had my glasses on. And I just hit start. And because it was waiting for people to join, I was like, well, I'm not sitting in here. It's eight hours in between picks. Yeah, I should have looked at it. But anyways, um, that's <laughs> computer drafted for me and the computer screwed me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right. So Hall of Fame, they put Scott Rowland in. I'll go ahead and put his his uh, numbers back out there. Uh the the Hall of Fame committee decided that it was a good idea to put a very good player, but not what I would consider elite, into the Hall of Fame. And curious what your thoughts process is on there. Now, there's the breakdown of the votes. What's your thought process on this? I don't, look, I to be honest with you, I was kind of I'm kind of glad they did. I I, I think. With Scott Rowland, Fred, is that why? <laughs> well, I mean, he was a red for many years, but um, I just think that the intangible. What? Oh. He had a cup of coffee with the Reds. When I think of Scott, yeah, he had a cup of coffee with the Reds. I think of Phillies and I think of Cardinals. True. I mean, the Cardinals is what you, to me. I think of the Cardinals first and foremost, but well, because he I won think the for a lot of people. Yeah, and he won a championship with them. But I think the kind of the secret with Scott Rowland, why I think he belongs in the Hall of Fame, is really it's his defense it's his defensive skills. Eight time golden glover. I and that and those aren't flashy things and those aren't things that you really can measure unless you just watch okay. the game of baseball. Okay, but if that's the case, then why is Omar Vizquel only got nineteen percent of the vote? Because he's the best defensive shortstop to ever walk the planet. Fair question. So that's my Very fair question. 
See, because to me, this isn't football. You're not putting him in for because he's good at one thing or the other. Right? Mm -hmm. In other words, you could put Tom Brady in the Hall of Fame for football, even though he can't cover a lick. Right? But baseball, you got to be able to do both. It's one of the reasons why I've always kind of like not been able to, to, to get on board with the whole designated hitter in the Hall of Fame thing. I mean, if you want to make one argument, if you look at him, I guess overall he's considered like the eighth and ninth best uh, third baseman in uh, baseball history. If you look at the others who are in the same ranking, I mean, you got players like Tony Gwynn and uh, Willie Stargell at their positions who are eighth and ninth, and their numbers are similar. And they're in the Hall of Fame. So if they're in the Hall of Fame, why not Scott Rowland, I guess, is the, another right, argument Scott you could Rowland. make. Scott Rowland, because first of all, I, I, th I think too much is being made of his defense. I thought... Hmm. I played the clip, and I'm not going to play it again, but uh, earlier I played the clip of uh, Mad Dog making a very good point of in a given week, not a game, but a given week, how many balls are hit to a third baseman that it makes a big difference how good of a third baseman he is. And he said, I'll give you three, and that's a lot, and that is a lot. I think it's more between one and two, okay? But then you got a guy like Jeff Kent – who has 60 more home runs, 225 more RBIs. He, let me see if I can pull this up. Um, once again, I'm, I'm not going to put it on the screen again, but um, the their OPS, Kent, and exactly the same in the OPS. Exact. They're both 855. Mm -hmm. They're OPS plus that a lot of these stat nerds like to throw at. And basically it means where you played. Kent 123. Yeah. Scott Rowland 122. This is career. Right. You can't, you, you can't even say Rowland was, was a much better base runner because Kent had 94 stolen bases. Roland had 118, and when you break that down over a 17 career, 17 year career, we're talking about a little over one base, one stolen base yes. a year. And runs Jeff Kent has over 100 more runs scored. So, like the whole thing is just dumbfounding to me. They both played the same amount of years, by the way. Both played 17 yeah. seasons. Scott Rowland fought a lot of injuries, which is another reason why I've, I've, I, I cannot put him in the Hall of Fame because he never did it consistently. He had like a five or six year span. Well, I will admit, five or, for five or six years, he was really darn good. But he wasn't Chipper Jones. And, and that's kind of where I'm at when it comes to the Hall of Fame. They've got to be elite. But yet they, but they leave Kent out. They leave Todd Helton out. By the way, his OPS plus everyone wants to talk about what, what, uh, did he play at Coors Field? His OPS plus, by the way, he just happened to play 17 seasons as well, is 11 points higher than Scott Rowland. His OPS, Todd Helton, is 100 points higher. He's 953. That's upper echelon. And then when you talk about the RBIs, he's, he's about 100, uh, 125 more RBIs than Roland. He had 53 more home runs. So my point is, 
if they've lowered the bar, why did they only lower it for rolling? And I think it's because these writers have gotten in the weeds with the nerd stats and they want to show off. Well, because of this one defensive metric, we're going to put him in. Right. We're going to put him in over this one defensive metric, but we're going to forget about everything else. And well, I guess that's why I think, I mean, Oh, I was just going to say, I'm, I was just going to say that, you know, with Helton and with Jeff Kent, Jeff Kent, I think is a real big mistake. He should have been in a long time ago. I mean, this is his, oh. what, his last go around. Why do you think this he's is been, his last go around? Tonight? Yeah. Hmm? He, he's done until the five year in five years. He'll go on one of their 27 committees that they've, that they've I, know, I know, I know. And the committee to make sure there's a committee to vote for a committee. Yeah. When, yeah. Mm. Why do you think Jeff Kent's being held up? Cause the only thing I can think of is a, they're wrong about his defense. He, I, I went and looked back to his, his stats this off season. Cause I was really curious. He was top 10 in every major defensive category that they now have, have laid out that they didn't used to vote on. He was top 10 almost in his entire career. Only at the very end, which most of these guys fall off at the very end, right? Right. So so is it because he was Bonds' teammate? And why does that matter? That's like a twitchy thing with them. I I can't really explain that at all. That may be that may be the reason, which I don't understand it. And it's like I said, I've never understood why. Kent didn't go three years ago, three times ago anyway. But I'm wondering if it is guilt by association. And you cannot sit there and tell people that he didn't make an impact on the game because, like I mentioned earlier, Barry Bonds hit in front of him for several years. Barry Bonds at that point correct me if I'm wrong, was considered the best hitter in baseball, right? Right. You're just putting chopped liver behind Barry Bonds because you want them to have to throw to him. Mm-hmm. So I just, I don't get the whole thing. I don't understand it. And hey, by the way, that always gets kind of sk- skated over. Jeff Kent has an MVP. He got 88% in 2000 for, for the National League MVP. He has four silver sluggers. I just, I'll, I'll never understand what their hatred is. Maybe this is a personal vendetta against him, but I've never heard anything talked about like what he's done to make people mad. Right. I think anybody close to any of the, the, the PDS players or like Carlos Beltran right now, he, he's not going to be getting any, getting in anytime soon. Well, Beltran's anybody not getting because of the because of the uh, cheating scandal, they're going to make him wait. Right, right. I, I understand that, but anybody associated with anything like that or the PDS, I, I think they're going to stay away. I, I think, like I said, Kent will in, but that's way after everybody forgets about PDS. I, I really think so. Okay, uh, it, but it's wrong with that logic. How the hell did Mariano Rivera get a 100% vote and Derek Jeter got, what, 296 of 297? They played with Roger Clemens. They played with 
with Andy Pettit. So that so that doesn't jive. It's but that's about all I can come up with. It that's it. It's close because other than that, I I don't I don't understand their problem. But then again, sports writers are their own flavor of weird anyway. I've never understood them I've to heard, begin with. I've heard that he was uh, kind of a recluse and didn't like to give a lot of interviews, and maybe they're holding that against him. Hmm. And the, you know, the, he might have been abrasive. That's not what this vote is about. It's about who's the great. And just because Scott Rowland was a nice guy, we're not putting him in. Jimmy Rollins is a great guy. He's very entertaining on TV. You only got 12% of the vote, so come on now. Let's be consistent. Exactly. I, I agree with that. I, it's still... Look, I mean, it's oh. No, I was going to say, just gonna say that Omar Vizquel is only getting 19.5% of the vote. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that. It It makes zero sense. I know he but wasn't an offensive, you know, guy, but his defense is the best it's ever been. And I also think that he that he was penalized for being a shortstop in the A Rod era in the American League. So they always compared him to A Rod, but A Rod was cheating his behind off, mm-hmm. his steroid behind off. Everybody knows that. So yeah. I just. I feel like we need some consistency here because if we're going to not vote for a rod because of, of the, and look, if you look at Omar Vizquel's numbers compared to Ozzy Smith, they're not that, there's not that big of a, of a gap, but people always say, well, they played in different eras. Yeah. He played in the steroid era and decided not to put steroids in his behind. Exactly. He's uh, and you know, back to that point earlier when people, when, when like guys like Gio are asking, why does it matter? Why do y'all care? Shouldn't care about this stuff. Yeah. You know what? For, for those of us who are actually sports fans, we do care and it does matter. Yeah. And it's always going to matter. And, you know, but once again, this is a guy that would prefer to watch thousand pound sisters over the world series. I've heard him literally say that. So <laughs> at that point, okay. you, don't, you don't have an opinion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Make jokes and move on. Like, you know, that's your stick and I get it, but I, I, I can't live my life that way. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> this matters. This is always going to matter. It's, yeah. it's, it's America's game. It's the grand game. The rest of them, I don't get bent out of shape because they let them all in. And, and if I was going to care about that, they should have stopped that floodgate years ago. But now you can't just start stopping everyone from getting in the baseball and football hall of fames. Say, so, well, they got to be the greater the great. What are you going to do? Launch about 55% of your, of the population in that hall of fame out. Cause they were letting everybody in. I still can't believe Tony Baselli was put in there. That guy had no, like seven uh, years, really good years, right? That's mm-hmm. it. That's not Hall of Fame. That's Hall of pretty, pretty, pretty good. And that's it. We got to qu- take a quick break when we come back and talk some NFL. Let's keep it rolling here on Braves Country HD. And Justin Waller is on the way at the top of the hour. Are you listening to yourself? I always listen to myself. It's one of the great joys of my life. 
Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long. Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jawan Jennings. Just the start of things. First quarter at the Gate of Old in Jacksonville. And Walker sticks to the right. Hits outside. The 35. Look out. He's past midfield and he's got a blocker. Cuts to the inside. Herschel Walker. There he goes again. Straight up the middle. Touchdown. Delayed reaction, but Tebow got in. Oh, jump pass. How about that? Oh, my gosh. That looks like 1955. Holy cow. Are you kidding me? Armchair. SEC! SEC! What does it take to break you? What does it take to break your focus? because you get frustrated about what happened on the last play? What does it take to make you give in because it's hot outside or you're tired or you don't feel like running to the ball or giving effort or finishing the play like you should because of how you feel, whether you're a little bit hurt? What does it take to break you? It's going to be difficult because you're getting yourself ready to play an entire season at a high level. So everybody here has got to have a lot of mental toughness to be able to sustain what we do at a high level. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, home of Braves country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks weekdays. 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, right here on the key and YouTube.com at Braves Country. Welcome back. McGee and Doug take you to the top of the hour. Justin will join in and we'll, uh, his uh, time slot has changed around if, you, if y'all haven't picked up on it. That's why Doug is here earlier and uh, we do appreciate Doug moving the schedule around. Uh, Justin had some issues being able to fit his way in. So, um, Doug, you got the yep. first of all, re- real quick on that domestic violence situation with, with, uh, Clevenger. Do you think anything's going to come of this in the very near future? No, I, it'll be one of those things you're already seeing everybody's tight lip. Oh, we have to check it out further. We're not going to get any impact on that. Probably I would even spend the all-star break before that comes to any fruition. Because right now, what I'm seeing being reported is kind of he said, she said. There's really no well, the proof. Pro- Sorry. The the, uh, the problem is it's it happened a while back. Like, this isn't happened over the weekend. And yeah. She didn't and so I think it's going to be really hard for her to prove it unless, unless there's a smoking gun that we're not aware of. Yeah, if there's some video it happened, I you know, or something like that. Outside of something earth shattering like that, it's just gonna be a it's just gonna be a glorified rumor. Yeah, the the allegations or something it's something to the effect of he threw tobacco at their kid and threw an iPad or something at her or something of that nature. Yeah. Yeah, he threw how old chewing tobacco at the kid. Yes, I don't even know how they'll hold the kid is, but you're probably not going to be able to take their word for it because any any prosecutor is going to say that 
that she coerced them in, into it. Um, so I, I don't know. It, it was interesting because I, I open up Twitter and I see him trending and I'm like, why is, why is Clevenger trending? Did he get traded again? What's going on here? Yeah. I thought they refused his contract or whatever, but right, yeah, exactly. I, don't, I don't see much. Yeah. He's in, uh, with the white Sox this year for, for folks who haven't kept up with it. Of course he was with Cleveland and then when, with San Diego. Now he's with the White Sox. Um, I just, I wonder if that's going to have any bearing on what the White Sox may do leading up, leading up to the beginning of the season. As far as if they think he's going to miss a significant amount of time, they, they got to do something about that rotation spot. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they're too worried about it though. I, I, you know, every action taken by the White Sox, the White Sox are like, oh, we'll just let the process take. But you don't see them taking any action like they're worried about it. That wasn't the sense I got from them, at least from the White Sox organization anyway. Yeah, I well, obviously, we're not going to know much more about it. But I, I was just curious what your take of that was because I, when I saw it and I started digging into it, I was like, wait a minute. When did this happen? Because usually when this stuff comes out, it, like, it just happened. There's, there's some kind of evidence, et cetera, et cetera. All right, going into the the, uh, NFL playoffs, we've got Cincinnati, and the line has moved, obviously. Go ahead and pull the lines up real quick. The line has moved, and when you're looking at these lines right here, let me go ahead and pull that up, and what we have is right now it appears that we're sitting at 49ers are getting two and a half, at plus at a minus one Oh five and the Bengals are minus one minus one twenty on the money line. Eagles are minus one forty five on the money line. And the chiefs are even on the money line, the home team. Mm-hmm. I do find it interesting that the over under in that chiefs Bengals game has not gone up or has not gone down significantly. I believe it opened up at 47 half. You can see it. It's sitting there at 47, but San Fran Philly has, has moved up a full point. That may not sound like a lot, but in the betting world, it really is. Um, and it'll continue to move. It's one of those numbers that one of the sweet spots that they like to hit in the NFL with, with the numbers, when you get around the 45 mark, usually see it either go over or under. So you either get 45 and a half, 44 and a half. And then the, and then the next one that usually is the one that that's kind of the it's 48. And if you just do the play around with the numbers in your head, you can understand why it, it is that because very common for games to be like 21 to 17, that kind of thing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Uh, 31 to 17, excuse me. Um, But focusing on the actual lines themselves, I don't think San Francisco Eagles will move much until maybe, maybe Sunday morning. Because when you're sitting at that two and a half, which you typically get out of these betters, it's what they call the sweet spot. And if they see it jump up to three, it's there for like an eyelash a wink of an eye, and then someone jumps on it. If they really want you to take it, they're going to move it up to three and a half, four. 
Same thing with the Bengals and Chiefs. You'll either see it teetering around the minus one or the pick em line. If it were now, now look, I grabbed it when uh, Cincinnati was, I grabbed one line when they were getting two and a half at the very beginning Sunday night. I couldn't believe it. I was, I, I couldn't, I couldn't press go fast enough. And then I got them again the next morning when I noticed that it was still plus one and it was minus, I think at the time, minus 105 on the money line that I jumped on. Now, obviously, I'll, I'll, I'll do a number of, uh, of uh, not just parlays, but I love teasers. If you follow the show, you know I love teasers. But um, Oh, yeah. What is the line that's most intriguing to you of all the lines out there this weekend? Uh, the one with the Bengals, uh, the Bengals uh, uh, Chiefs one is. Because one interesting thing that I was checking out with those lines was, I don't know if a lot of people were aware, but just recently, I mean, within the last few weeks, I think um, uh, uh, betting became legal in Ohio. And a lot of money moved on that, um, I believe you call it a teaser, that initial minus i think initially kansas city was had a like a minus four line on the very first day and that's when a lot of money moved and you saw it you then you see it move down and i was one reason i was intrigued because it went from um the uh, the chiefs being favored at, at minus four and it completely shifted then you see by yesterday it was a cincinnati was favored by minus two because I think a lot of money shifted out of Ohio on that. And I was very, very curious about that line and how it now it shifted again. Try, like uh, Vegas is trying to hit that sweet spot like you spoke of. I see the comment by uh, by Robert asking if the Braves are going to get a left fielder. We got three. We don't want we going to get a left fielder. We got three. You got a platoon going on. Oh, it's going to be ridiculous. Actually, technically, we got about six. But we've got uh, – we'll talk about that more in the next hour when Justin jumps on. He's a big Braves guy too. Uh, but we've got uh, Rosario. We've got Ozuna. And then we just signed mm-hmm. Kevin Pillar. And I think Pillar is still good enough to make the team. So now they may not hold him because of money if they don't think it's worth keeping him on. But – I mean, I would like to see them keep Pilar because I'd like to see a situation where you you got an extra good bat sitting there on the bench that that uh, could could catch fire or B um, could just give some guys some days off because Acuna and Harris are not going to play 162 games, so you got to have some depth. Back to the football. So of all those lines, you're saying which one would you jump on right now today of the, the lines that we see? Actually, right now, thinking money-wise, I would probably jump on that Eagles uh, Eagles 49ers one right now. So are you taking the Eagles minus two and a half? Yeah, right now I am. Wow. As much as I hate it, I, but that that's a bet I would make. I'll, t- I'll tell you a wild bet that's going on right now that I saw. And I'm trying to find it on one of the sites I use, but they were talking about coming out of Vegas. So the odds to win the Super Bowl MVP. And your usual suspects are sitting there up at the top three to one, 
four to one, five to one. It really comes down to who they think is going to win this weekend. So Jalen Hurts has has the best odds. Um, uh, I think it's moved to where Burrow and Mahomes are now neck and neck. Now, originally, Mahomes was number one because everyone thought it was a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs were going to go to the Super Bowl. But because of the injury questions, and he, by the way, he was president in practice today, Mahomes was, and he he did not have a walking boot, but he was still going at about 25 30%. But of all the ones that I thought was the best, check this out, Doug. If they can get to the Super Bowl and they were to win the Super Bowl, and now we're just talking about four teams, Christian McCaffrey is yes. 15 to 1. Mm-hmm. I would take that bet because I would think that if the if the 49ers win the Super Bowl, it's not going to be off of Brock Purdy. It's going to be because Christian McCaffrey goes absolutely bonkers <laughs> against whoever they play, the Bengals, the Chiefs, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that is, I mean, that's, I was that's worth throwing a hundred bucks on. What are we talking yes, about? Yes, it is. 15 to one. See, I'm yep. not taking the other bets because I'll just wait till the Super Bowl hits and then I'll see what's available out there. Cause if for, for you to hold on to my money that long, that's not, that's not a great payback. No, but give me, I mean, even 10 bucks on there, you throw 10 bucks on there. You want one fifty back. So if mm. you get, Find that 15 to one. I highly, highly, um, by the way, that is my, uh, pick of the day. I'll go ahead and throw that out there. Okay. And it, it is in Vegas. I just can't find it on, on, on the site that I use because they hold those back. Sometimes we got to get out of here, uh, bringing Justin in here in just a couple of minutes. What is your walk off for the day, sir? My walk off today. We were talking baseball earlier. And if you looked at the voting, one player that definitely uh, belongs to be in the Hall of Fame, and I think he'll make it next year, just my opinion, Andrew Jones. Because I think he got – and his, I don't know if this was – this is his third time around or fourth time. I think he got like uh, 56, 66% of the vote, and I'm not worried that he's going to get in next year or the following. Yeah, he's uh, – Andrew Jones – this was his sixth, so next year will be his seventh year. Oh, seventh year, okay. 58%. He is trending in the right yes, direction. Yes. I, I want to say he had 41% last year. It was somewhere in that neighborhood. So he is trending up. Yeah. Billy Wagner, another ex-Brave, is trending up. He got 68%, and Helton got 72%. Um, Those the other two yeah. It, it is a shame that Kent's going to have to wait five years. Mm. I mean, when, when, when these jerks do this, do they not realize not everybody lives another five years? Right? Yeah, it's true. We're not guaranteeing any of this. So why are you being a jerk? Ugh. Anyone that voted for, anyone that voted for Roland but didn't put Andrew Jones in? Because realistically, we're talking about the same thing, and Andrew Jones has much better offense. Take away their vote. All right, brother, we will see you. I'm assuming. We'll see you on the weekend show, correct? Yep, I'll be here. All right. I'll get with you on the times and everything. We'll be back in a flash when we come back. Justin Waller joins us here on Braves Country HD. We're going to be talking a lot of football and how about them Braves? We'll be back in a flash. Keep it locked in here on the key.
You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Mel Kuyper Jr. has his new mock draft out, and it goes as following for the top ten. Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, University of Georgia, heading to the Chicago Bears. Houston Texans draft C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Arizona Cardinals, Will Anderson, defensive edge rusher from Bama, also from Bama. Bryce Young, number four overall to the Indianapolis Colts. Seattle Seahawks grab Will Levis out of Kentucky, the third quarterback off the board. Tyree Wilson, defensive end from Texas Tech, heading to the Lions. Raiders grab offensive tackle Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. And the Atlanta Falcons grab edge rusher Miles Murphy from the Clemson Tigers. The fourth quarterback off the board heads to the Panthers with Anthony Richardson from the Florida Gators. Number 10 overall, the Philadelphia Eagles grab Kalajay Kansi, nose tackle out of Pitt. Scott Rowland is heading to the National Baseball Hall of Fame. Baseball Writers Association of America announced the results on Tuesday night. Scott Rowland getting the required 75% of the ballot. He appeared on 76.3% of the ballots, just five over the needed votes. Todd Helton was second highest at 72.2. Billy Wagner, 68.1. And the Atlanta Braves, Andrew Jones at 58.1. Next year's ballot, the biggest name coming in will be Adrian Beltre. So the aforementioned three have solid chances at Cooperstown next year. Tonight on the hardwood at 8 o'clock Eastern, Atlanta Hawks are at the OKC Thunder. Atlanta, one-and-a-half-point favorite over under 238. Games of interest down here in the southeast. College basketball tonight, number four Vols hosts the Georgia Bulldogs. UGA getting 16-and-a-half over under 135-and-a-half. That game can be seen on the SEC Network. 7 o'clock, you got the Gators hosting South Carolina. Florida, 15-and-a-half-point favorites. Number two, Alabama Crimson Tide. Minus 11 and a half at home against Mississippi State over under 142.5. And number 15, Auburn, hosting Texas A&M. The Tigers, four-point favorite, 137 and a half is the over. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves country. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. Join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern, to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates. What are you babbling about? Well, maybe, maybe I just think you're being a little hard on her. 
Well, that's nice. But right now, I am too angry to pretend to give a crap about what you think. Tom is the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. I am definitely down for some rock climbing. Yeah, me too. I am down. I am totally down. Lock me down. Cool. So, uh, what do you say we climb a rock manana? Manana. Uh, manana uh, manana might, might be a problem. I'm, I'm supposed to uh, have a boil lanced manana. You know, I, I think they charge me if I cancel with only one manana's notice. Welcome back. show same time to this time justin's time has switched around on us so we welcome justin in it's a, i didn't think about it until today justin it's a little different uh bringing you in when the show's not beginning just what we don't do our typical i don't know much about it. i was like yeah we're gonna miss that i'll see if i can get creative and figure out how, how we can do that in the future how the hell are you friend I'm doing great. Uh, I'll still introduce it anyway. I mean, with the departure of uh, Chip Carey, I can think of none other to replace him than uh, my dear friend and co-host, one Mac McGee. I mean, let's just go ahead. We're, we're voting and talking ballots. Let's get it started. Can you and I go ahead and just push the entire and all of them out of the booth? <laughs> just go get out of here. Actually, I would prefer the radio gig. I made the joke yesterday, but I've got that perfect face for radio. Um, I, I haven't heard any rumblings, but I'd be shocked if Ben Ingram doesn't move from their radio up to their, uh, television booth. See, I mean, he's really good. Now, I don't know if they'd hate, I'm, well, I'm, I know they'd hate to lose him on radio. I get that. But as opposed to bringing someone in that the fan base isn't familiar with, it seems like the natural order of progression. It does, unless you're just going to take an outside long shot and uh, recruit someone in. That's why I like my strategy a little bit better. It frees up payroll for arms, and uh, you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, big multi-million dollar contracts. You know, we, us, the little man, will uh, will work a little bit cheaper. Yeah, and maybe everybody goes up a ring, and then somewhere they can stick us in, uh, is it Rome, Gwinnett? I don't care. Let's go. Amen. They, uh, I saw one of the rumors that someone threw out there. I don't think it's re- it's realistic. It's just one of these like Braves fan sites where that you know everybody thinks that everyone wants to come to the Braves and leave whatever life they have. Um, it was a uh, Boog, one of the guys that we're big on. Boog that went to the the Cubs. Um, Boog Powell. But he just signed that deal with the Cubs. I can't imagine that would be a thing. I wouldn't think it is pipe dream. I would love to see it um, as a fan. I think, uh, well, you know personally what I- know how how I how much I enjoyed him on the broadcast and missed that he went to the Cubs. But uh, hey, all I know is the NL Central is going to sound good. <laughs> I would, you know, here's the thing. I would, um, I would tell them. I would call them up and say, look. You send us Boog, and we won't make a big stink about how you stole Dansby Swanson from us. All right? All right. Yeah, I I, I guess uh, maybe it didn't surprise you. Um, I I was a little set back this week when 
just in talking with friends and, and, and people throughout my daily interactions that uh, really didn't understand or remember how long his grandfather spent at St. Louis. I mean, that was 25 years. Harry was down there before he even went to the Cubs. And I think he did uh, 16 to 18. I can't. It was in the teens at the Cubs. I mean, it was a long tenure, but yeah, well, he put he was, a quarter in down with the Cardinals. Yeah, he was a uh, a Cardinal first, and then mm -hmm. he went to Chicago. And I think a lot of people forget that he was with the White Sox as well. True. Um, because everybody knows him, and it's because it was a national thing, but everybody knows Harry Carey from his television with the Chicago Cubs. So that's – but something else that I didn't really piece together till I read the article – I want to say it was the athletic that gave the article originally. And it makes sense now because of one of the things you just brought up. So I guess chip was never very close with his grandfather for, for probably a, a number of reasons. But when skip was broadcasting for the Braves, not too far into that skip and his wife, divorced and she moved back to St. Louis, right? Which is, I think where they met. So really that's home for chip. So it, it, it really does make a lot of sense. It does. I mean, unless he just decides to go do play by play or go in the booth for the white Sox, then it's just, I don't know what you're doing at that point, but, uh, as of right now, it seems like he's gone home and, uh, Yeah. And for folks oh, who want to know what happened with the Cardinals, their play-by-play -play guy in the booth, third or fourth uh, DUI in a very short period of time that uh, basically they said, man, it's, yeah, we tried to look the other way, bro. But, you know, you know I, I want to say it's a third, you know, but it's one of those deals where they're like, dude, same thing happened. With, you remember Mark Grace? He got in trouble out in uh, Phoenix. Cause he had like three in a row. It was like three within like a year and a half period. And that wouldn't now that was quite a while ago. That was 15 years ago, probably. But dude, nowadays there's, there's Uber, there's PayPal. Like, I mean, uh, Lyft. There's no excuse for it. Especially, no, I, I mean, so they, they're all in metropolitan cities. You know what you, I mean? You, you're not in a market where, you know, the service isn't available, uh, at right. least one or the other. Um, and, and if you if are in that market, you've got enough money to grease the wheels of the guy that pulled you over. <laughs> well, they still have these things that a lot of youngsters may not know what their purpose was, but they're called taxis. And <laughs> they do still exist in some areas. Um, call one. Yeah, I don't know where the guy was. I, I never read that much into the – I'm assuming it wasn't in St. Louis because all these guys live outside the, the market during the season. But regardless, man. Uber, Lyft, and come on. Back in my day, when you when you got pulled over, you earned it because you had no other choice. <laughs> Your buddy come in and go, what happened? Dude, I fell asleep waiting on the taxi, and, and all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, there you go. But, yeah, so that's why the Cardinals were looking for a guy. Their television guy is gone. I don't even know. I'd say he's probably going to take a step away from the game for a while to try to, you know, redo his name. I don't think he's in the same trouble as the guy in Cincinnati. that got caught saying the wrong thing. Uh, what he thought was off air, but on air, but yeah, chip is gone. And, um, 
it's funny. I heard people saying, Hey, I lit- literally, there was a fan on the chimed in that said, put Brian Jordan in there with, uh, with Frenchie and let's go. And I'm like, first of all, a lot of people are not big Brian Jordan fans, but that's beside the point. Who's doing the play by play? Because those are both color commentators. They're both going to go, uh, what? Huh? Yeah, that was a good pitch. Sure was. It's just going to be dead silence until there's action. A little bit of random cheering, and that's going to break the monotony of the silence. But uh, I think you're, you're, what you alluded to will probably be more of the course. Uh, they'll just bump up for one up unilaterally, and uh, I think that's what you'll see. I don't think they're going to bring in any big name or talent. But speaking of big names with talent, how about our boy? Crime dog getting in. It's about time. It is about time. And it's a shame that Kent's going to have to wait till 2025. I think he'll probably be one of your next committee's uh, votes, but uh, I think he'll be a slam dunk. And and I think what's going to be the conversation in that room is everyone rolling their eyes. Go, why did it take this guy so long? Because Kent is just, it's absurd. I think you have to, it's really hard in the areas of baseball and you have to break them down. And I don't know that you can always pre-strike post-strike the different offensive era we're in. Now we're going to always look back. You've got to judge the player in the era that player played. I don't know if it's fair to stack them up and down against some of the greats because I think if you flip the roles, you, you could be looking at some instances where may not be a hall of famer if you play in the modern era um it's just oh, yeah, okay. crazy how how you can sit here and and go stats 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 and what you're looking for but uh i mean it's been a decline the past three uh ballots but one of the best defensive shortstops in Viscale is just declining in votes and i mean that used to be pre-shift you needed a rangy guy that had, could be a gold glover. And it was essential and crucial in the small ball era to have that guy to eliminate runs and advancing base runners back when, you know, wasn't all launch angle. Yeah. And the thing with Kent, once again, um, it's ridiculous because his numbers are better than Roland. I get that Roland is looked upon as one of the great defenders but his offense is better than Roland. He played second and Roland played third. So what are we doing? And nowadays it's a little different, but not, not much. Like you still don't expect a lot of pop from a second baseman. Not unless he's playing for the Astros. <laughs> I mean, if you think about Ozzy Albies getting 30 home runs the other year, what was that? 2021. Um, that, that's a rarity, but Doug and I were talking about it. I'm, I'm still convinced that there's something underneath that the guys aren't voting him for. Like they don't like him. They had, you know, he had some kind of run in with one. You, there's gotta be something cause he's never been linked to steroids. He was the guy that hit behind Barry Bonds, who at the time was considered the best hitter in baseball. So he obviously didn't stink at the plate. And his defensive metrics, when I back and looked it over th- this offseason, um, the majority of his career, he finished top 10 in all the major defensive metric numbers. So th- that doesn't make it. So, like, it's th- this whole farce that he was 
you know, some kind of defensive liability. No, he, he didn't win gold gloves, but he was still like top five, top 10 every single year. They only give out that one gold glove per league. And sometimes, I mean, can you imagine playing in the, in the American league in the nineties at second base? You're like, dude, I swear I'm pretty good, but Roberto Alomar's taking every single one of them. I bet there's center fielders galore in the National League in the mid-90s. If that Andrew Jones would just go to the American League, I'd, I'd have a fighting opportunity. It's kind of like when they – it's different. They don't have the same kind of stuff in football. But, you know, for years and years and years, when people say, who's the best quarterback in the AFC? And they'd say, well, it's Tom Brady. Look at all the championships. And, like, Peyton Ming's waving his arm going, you know, I'm pretty good myself. What's going on over here? Um, moving on from that, the Josh Heupel extension for the University of Tennessee. I know this hits close to home for you. Nine million a year through 2028 is what I saw. That's got to get you excited as far as knowing that there's not much of a chance he's going anywhere. He's made it through two seasons without uh, any NCAA violations. So we're doing pretty good. He got us to 11 wins with an inherited roster. So I like that they uh, proverbially pulled up the dump truck and uh, they paid him. And he's now on par with uh, the rest of the SEC. Um, I think Hugh Freeze is the only one under it. But everybody else is respectfully around that figure and uh, in market and all the coaches – um, in that era have produced, I think Stoops is the only one that hasn't played in a BCS or a New Year's Six game. But uh, you can definitely see the turnaround and the results in the field of the program at Kentucky. So no knocking them there. They had to pay him to keep talent. And uh, for Tennessee, I think it was a good choice. Uh, they locked up the AD, uh, Danny White, as well. Um, he got his extension, six-year extension. So He's obviously not making hypo money, but uh, with them two coming over together from uh, UCF and um, coming in here, there was a lot of questions and head scratching when it first happened. You know, there, there was a lot of doubt. Was hypo going to be the guy? And I think he's proven it. And uh, it's good to see the program pay the coach. And uh, with recruiting day, uh, official signing day coming up next week, uh, right around the corner, I think that uh, that was a good move and well-timed. Hopefully it pans out. Here's a weird story. I, I don't have time to get in, into the weeds of it because I haven't opened it up. I just saw it flash across. An audit revealed that LSU overpaid Brian Kelly this past season by more than $1 million. <laughs> I think he turned it in. Oh, oh, he did? I, 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 I've heard bits and pieces, and we'll have to dive into it. But I know uh, what would be my luck if I yeah. ever was making that kind of money. And somehow I guarantee you my wife had already spent it and she'd be like, we'll just, we'll, don't worry. Next year we'll save. And then I come back and go, well, well we got to sell something because we got to get a hundred. We, we got to get a million back, back to the university. What are we going to do here? But think about it. I mean, it's really only 1%. I mean, when you got a hundred million dollar contract, uh, what's a million, you know, I, I could see how that accounting area would happen. It looks like a penny, you know, it's just no cool. percent. Be cool, man. It's just a million. It's just a mil. Don't worry about it. It's easy to lose those things. I can understand how it happens. You know, they just float around so easily. By the way, Mel Kuyper Jr. Uh, 
most recent mock draft has uh, Stetson Bennett going in the third round. I don't. Well, we'll see what happens in the in the uh, in the combines. I don't think he goes that high because of his height. He's got decent arm strength, but it's nothing that's going to you know, just absolutely floor you. And just the way they do nowadays, I can tell you right now, <laughs> Malik Willis did not help Stetson Bennett's opportunity as far as getting drafted higher. There can be teams going. We're we're gonna we're gonna wait on the, on these uh, quarterbacks because Purdy's playing for a Super Bowl this weekend. Purdy's in there. Where did he go? Yeah. Malik Willis, who was drafted in the third round. I mean, he couldn't even get off the practice field the last, what, month and a half of the season? And uh, he definitely looked like when he was on the field, he wasn't in control and just, I don't know. There, there was a lot of second guessing. He wasn't comfort, comfortable in, the, in, in his own pocket there. Um, he was always looking to drop and run. And I think even though they're trying to keep him in there and looking for his progressions downfield, uh, he, he still wanted to revert to it and ran into a lot of sacks, just ran right into him. or his own lineman that knocked him out. So, yeah, <laughs> got that problem too. Neither one are good scenarios. I'll tell you are you what, buying any of the uh rumors and landing spots that uh, anyway, LaFleur is crazy enough to absorb some of that Tannehill contract? Well, I I keep hearing the rumors, and I'm like, why are you even starting that? Well, let me ask you this: um, Who? So I so I don't get all the all the scuttlebutt down here like you do up in Tennessee. Who who are they saying would even want him? I think the scenarios floating around on the hypotheticals of the. Uh, Absorbing, I guess, the $60 million owed to uh, it would be Aaron Rodgers due this year, if I'm correct. I think that's how it structured out of 58. It's pretty close to 60. Uh, you know, Brian Kelly loses millions, so don't hold me accountable for those two if I'm off. Uh, <laughs> who's going to absorb? Would they, if they fully take on that and bring him in, will they, you know, is that something you can swap out and get out from under your, you need a scenario like that to get out from your Tannehill contract somewhere where, you know, because his dead cap is what fourteen and a half, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's set to make what thirty? Is it thirty-five? I don't have that number in front of me. But anyways, I'm almost thinking that they may just cut him. But if you do, you've kind of tipped your hand on what you're going to do in the draft, haven't you? If, I, I'll put it this way. If you're the Titans and you do that, would you not automatically, before you're doing that, you've got to make some trade to get one of the very top picks so that it's obvious. So, in other words, you dropping Tannehill doesn't make everyone else in the division scurry. Because the only team in, in the AFC South that doesn't need a quarterback is Jacksonville. The rest of the of the division is garbage behind center. That's a tough one, man, because if you're going to knock Vrabel for one thing, it's that he hasn't had 
a true quarterback yet that uh, he's had scrappy teams that are on the verge they're in the playoffs uh, there's been some letdowns but and Aaron Rodgers screams the quarterback if you could land him or someone of that nature that can feed heavily off of a run game like Tennessee's going I mean they, there's Henry's not going anywhere all right, I've um, got an idea for you, but we've got to take a quick break. So when we come back, I've got an idea for you for him and a landing spot for Aaron Rodgers' landing spot, and then who could come to, to Nashville. We will be right back here on Race Country HD and 99.1 FM, the key. Stupid interviews. Hey, you're a member of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, how does it feel? Well, you know, uh, the. It's a blessing. I uh, want to thank God. I'm going to try to do my best. It's a great organization. And I'll say the last 80 guys said. So, yeah. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farming garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Welcome back. One thing that you see on the screen there, Justin, that I wasn't able to jump on and talk about last segment, the Gators got a uh, commit. And I saw this happen last night, but I didn't see it. It's put in stone until today. A Kentucky offensive tackle, Keonta Goodwin, is coming from, from Kentucky down to Gainesville. And they're starting to call it the Great Wall of Gainesville because you look at all the offensive linemen that uh, Billy Ball's got down there, and, I mean, he, he's got some hosses. Problem is, <laughs> the other positions, nobody wants to come down there and play. So he's got to get that straightened out. But we were talking about, before we jumped off, to head to break, about where would Aaron Rodgers end up at? And I've got one for you. You ready for this? Let me see if I can get this uh, 
Aaron Rodgers. And does this look good to you? Well, that's the wrong one. <laughs> I did that wrong. Um, let me do this one more time. I think these things work better when you take your microphone off. I apologize for that. But uh, were you meaning to show him in a Jets jersey? Because that's hilarious. If so, if not, that's just a funny added bonus that you just gave me there. Okay. We are back. I, I apologize. We had some technical difficulties there. Let me go ahead and bring Justin back in. All right, Justin, you there? I was trying to cover for you, man, but he kicked us all out. Yeah, bad. I was afraid of that. I don't know what happened there. It, it for it, it's it showed that we'd lost connection, but I could see. I don't know. Anyway, I was covering, man. I was laying down ground fire, but uh, nobody. Could I me. do apologize to everybody, and I apologize to those back at the studio carrying us at WQEE. But it looks like we are uh, we are uh, back on. All right, let me try this one more time to see. Maybe this is such a wild idea that they, that they thought we might as well uh, kick them off the air. Let me try this. Um, well, did they just get rid of it altogether? Does that look good for you? Do you see that now? Oh, yeah, I see it. That That's what I was hoping you were going to put up. Man, that's funny. Um, Aaron Rodgers to the New York Jets, for those who, who are listening along and can't see us. Someone's already made a picture, and I knew they would have. My other idea, no one's made a picture. I thought somebody would have just because, you know, people are bored. Um, all the components line up for Aaron Rodgers. One of the things is the rumor is they won't trade him to an NFC team for obvious reasons. So if they're not willing to trade him to uh, NFC team, so then you got to go to AFC. And if it's not the Titans, because I, I don't know what, the Titans could offer. Okay, let me put it this way: If you dead cap Tannehill and you make the trade for Rodgers, you're going to be paying like sixty-five million dollars for the quarterback position. What are you going to have left? A running back and a quarterback better make it happen. Not much, man. You need a lot of offensive line help, and that better be where if they go that strategy, it better be all invested in the Hogs up front because. Somebody's got to protect them. It doesn't matter who you put back there. Um, you're probably right, though. The Jets are, are probably the number one landing spot. They need to move on from Wilson. Um, it's a a big place for him that, I mean, it would fit right in to Aaron Rodgers style. And uh, right being in New York, uh, I think he would feel butts in the seat and uh, you'd see him all over the city. But outside of that, I think there's two players. Take the Titans out of it. I just don't know that they're in the market for the needs on the team for a big quarterback prospect. Yes, they need it. What about that guy? That was the closest thing I could come up with. Lamar Jackson to the Tennessee Titans. Lamar Jackson, Derrick Henry, let's go. That would no. be an offense to watch. Ah, man, I don't know if you can get past the – the Ravens connection. That's that's old school AFC Central rivalry right there. That's not gonna sit real well. But uh man, how do you cover that on defense? Derrick Henry and Lamar. That's and it's already set up like Baltimore has it where you don't have a wide receiver worth of crap. <laughs> so yeah, well played. Well played. I honestly think Tra Traylon Burks would work well on that offense because you're talking about end arounds, jet sweeps, let them stretch the field. But you're not the problem. 
people keep talking about Lamar Jackson could go to the Jets. The problem is, man, what are you going to do when you get Lamar Jackson to come in? And guys like Garrett Wilson were ticked off because they weren't getting the ball enough. And you're going to bring Lamar Jackson in? It's got to be all hands on deck. Let's block. Back to Rodgers. Do you give the Patriots or the Raiders an option? The Raiders move him close to his West Coast home. You've got Devontae Adams. They're moving on from Carr. The Patriots have $48 million in cap space. They, they can pursue him. And then you can let Belichick just focus on the defense, let Rodgers go out there and spin the offense. You upgrade Mac Jones. Is, I, I think outside the Jets, it's going to be in this order, Raiders or Patriots. I don't think the Titans are really in play. And I think they're probably more along the lines of a Lamar Jackson if they could work that off. Fits into the style of this offense versus uh, going that way with Rodgers, that amount of contract. Because he just signed a three-year, $150 million contract. I understand everyone's thinking of Rodgers to Vegas. But, I, man, I'm just I'm going to be surprised if Vegas doesn't bring in uh, Tom Brady. Because he's a free agent. He's obviously has a relationship. I think we just went out again, Mike. My, my only setback to where I think you were going with that is if you bring Tom Brady out there, does he have the same connection with Devontae Adams? Or can you move right into it instantly with Aaron Rodgers, have two years left on his contract, and you're not worrying every single year if he's going to retire? Or... Green Bay to New England's not a lot of difference in weather conditions. Does Bill Belichick go in and go get Aaron Rodgers, and then that's the last thing anybody wants to see is Bill Belichick having another star-studded backfield with a number one quarterback? Because it's not been very well, and that defense has outplayed itself to put them into the positions they've been the past two seasons. Yeah, so another rumor that I've heard is, Bel is Belichick bringing in um... – Lamar Jackson. That's an interesting one. But once again, what, what I want to know is, okay, so where I've heard the hard line from all the NFL insiders, the hard line that they don't want to trade Rodgers to the NFC. So the question is, would Baltimore be willing to trade Jackson to the AFC? I don't know. And the one thing you have to do is you have to change your entire offensive philosophy when you bring him in. So you have to hire a new offensive coordinator. I kind of feel like unless you already have someone in place that can do it, Lamar Jackson's best landing spots is Atlanta, which is already set up for that. And I really think he's the best fit, or Atlanta's the best fit for Lamar Jackson. But the second best fit would be Nashville with Derrick Henry. The the thing you get out of it if you're Baltimore sending them down to Atlanta is they're not in the same conference. But if I'm a general manager, I get same division stuff. Man, that is not going to handicap me and prevent me from making the best move for my team because I'm worried about one random team in my conference. That I'm randomly going to play or could run into in the postseason. Right, and, and let's be honest, too. If you're ready to, to trade them, maybe you've had enough of them. Maybe you're like, good luck, buddy. 
And that's both. That's that's Jackson. That's yeah. Rogers. If you're scared of facing him, should you be trading him in an instance that you're talking about with that scenario? Because they're not resigning him. You know, the talks have stalled. Um, you, you're ready to move on. So, um, yeah. That's the you know th- that's the million dollar question is who's actually willing to trade one of their guys and I really think those are the two well because Brady's a free agent so you, you put that aside who's willing to trade their guys and I look we went through this last year with Rodgers and maybe it's much to do about nothing but it feels more real this year than it did last year. And I could see him going to the AFC. I, really, to me, the Jets is, is the smartest move. And I think the and here's the other thing: if you're going to make a trade for uh, the for a guy like him, it's because you, you're in a win now mode, and you're trying to tell me Salah is not in a win now mode with the with the Jets because another dumpy year, and he, and he's fired. And they've got to get a quarterback in there. The last two have not been what they they have needed. And no matter who they've brought in to try and fill that void, That's it's just been a revolving door. Well, what, yeah. In our lifetime, have they ever had a quarterback worth a hoot? I mean, the only one I can think of, and this is a little bit before your time, is uh, Kenny O'Brien in the 80s. He didn't win, but he, he, he was a good quarterback. Outside of that, the only time the Jets have been relevant is Mark Sanchez, the butt fumble. <laughs> and they, they weren't good because of that. They were good because Rex Ryan's defense. True. So I just, the Jets have never, it's been since Joe Namath that they've been going, we got a quarterback. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Joe Namath, is, is what he, he's, he, he's darn near 80 now. I don't know how you can screw up that many quarterbacks that many times throughout the, you know, the, the litany. I mean, we're talking about, even if you say Kenny O'Brien was a, was a good enough quarterback, the problem is his career was not very long, but let's just say Kenny O'Brien was the last good one. We're still talking about almost 35 years since he was a role of, I mean, what Vinny Testaverde, that, that was the last good quarterback in for the jets. Will you give Pennington any credit, any love? I mean, if you go back to 07. Okay. The, the problem with Pennington, he, he had no arm strength, and you knew he was you knew what his ceiling was. He wasn't awful. I'm not saying every quarterback they've had is awful. One year of Favre was probably the most well, yeah. memorable. I don't, I don't even think about that because they they started off so great and then they just crashed at the end. Um, and pulling this up, I forgot half of these players played for that roster. Fitzpatrick, two years and 15 and 16. I mean, Gino. you have an argument that he's the best quarterback in the last 30 years for the Jets. Kellen Clemens. Oof. No. <laughs> Oof. The list isn't getting any better. I keep searching and it's just not there. Yeah, there, there's nothing when it comes to the Jets. Tim Tebow. Boomer back in the early ni- mid early 90s. Yeah, I mean, I guess Boomer was decent. He was pretty good. I mean, he was a former MVP, but he did that with Cincy. I wouldn't say he was on the backside of his career, but the problem was his Jets teams were bad that he was on, and I wouldn't say that's all his his fault, but that was uh, the last time you thought about – because when I think of Boomer's career, 
that I watched growing up. I think if, I still think of him as a Bengal because that's when he yep. did his most damage. By the time he got to the Jets, whether he whether he still had it or not, it's not the point. The point is the teams didn't have it. You hey, man, that's the rich Cotite days. Rich Cotite. We got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit our uh, six pack and get you ready for tonight's action. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and 99.1 FM, the key. If you're making sandwiches, always leave the knife hanging over the sink in case you want one later. Be a man. I'm 7 0 this season. You auto drafted. That's what all the great GMs do. They delegate. You didn't do anything. Yeah, I did. I set the queue. Without fantasy football, what would friends talk about? I almost wore shorts today. Oh. I was going to do a sweatshirt shorts combo. Hmm. Switched to pants instead. Armchair. Hey, sports fans. The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. On WQEE, Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball, along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League, and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE. The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans in stores. Make contact. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGinn, the armchair quarterbacks, weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive time on WQEE. Why any fool could see he made that first down when he dived? If Howard Cosell came in now, he'd never get out alive. Cause he's the armchair Welcome back. We're he's taking you all the way to the top of the hour. The first name sports. Coming your way, top of the hour on Sports Map Radio. And remember to get your days started every single morning, 7 to 10 a.m. here on the key Rhino Radio Penitentiary. And noon to two, you got the Rod Peterson show talking hockey and a lot more and sports beat with Richard Holdridge, two to 3 PM. And then we come at you three to five tomorrow. We'll have uh, Joey with us. We'll have Steven with us. We'll be hitting all the, all the different uh, prop bets and side bets. And remember this weekend, we are having uh, the kickoff show moves to Sunday for obvious reasons. There's no Saturday games. So 1 PM to 3 PM we'll be here on uh, Braves country, giving you the, the kickoff show. We look forward to that. And, uh, I'll be making a million bets over the weekend on air and off the air. So I figure we, you know, we're going to get this sucker going, Justin. Um, the, the one, so I've got to get real creative with, with, with the six packs. Cause I, I don't want to give the same pick that I gave that I give today. What I'm going to give on, on the uh, Sunday show on my lock. Um, 
as we fade out of football season, we, we might have to turn this into a, you know, a couple of tall boys. <laughs> we're going to run out of ball games. Um, so with that being said, my first one that I'm going to give is one of my picks of the day and it is basketball. It's not uh, football. So I can leave some, some uh, meat on the bone for Justin. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the teaser, the over Georgia and Tennessee 129 grabbing the over and Bama and Mississippi state 135 total over. So I'm doing two, a two team or a two game teaser grabbing the over in both the Georgia and Tennessee Bama and Missouri game. I, I just figured that Tennessee and Bama are going to come out running and Bama is the highest scoring team in the SEC. So let me grab the over. And I do believe Tennessee and Georgia will be up and down. Uh, Tennessee, I, I think Tennessee is a 16 point favorite in that game right now. Somewhere in that neighborhood. But anyways, that is that is my first of the six pack, Justin. What is your first pick to be? Well, I'm going to go with a. Let's go with a touchdown. We'll go with a single touchdown. AFC, or we'll go the NFC game first. Give me AJ Brown at plus one forty. Okay, AJ Brown plus one forty. For the first touchdown scored or anytime touchdown? That's an anytime touchdown. Okay. I was about to say. Unless you want to double it up to multiple touchdowns at plus 900, and I'm comfortable enough going, talking out with that one. But I'll stick with the single. I like the plus 140. I like that. Um, I will grab a teaser. Now, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it before that line moves. Man, give me the Bengals on the money line, minus 120. I mean, this is, this to me, I don't understand. I think people are, are miscalculating how bad that injury is for Mahomes. And I, and I know the boot came off today, but if you watch that game against Jacksonville, Justin, he had, he had a hard time handing the ball off. You're going to like where I go with this next one then. All right. Lay it on me. How about Joe Mixon for multiple touchdowns plus okay. 650? I think they get away, they go to the run game, and I think that they are underestimating that. Um, I like your money line pick. Um, the points really at the minus one isn't worth it if you're willing to go money yeah. line. So in front of you, do you have uh the the number for what it would be for uh Samaje P Ryan for like an anytime touchdown? I'm just curious. I do. It is plus three hundred. Oh really? Okay. That's not mm-hmm. that great then. If it, if it was a little higher, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Did you see this thing with the guy hitting the the parlay that went viral? Um, first touchdown scored in all four games he hit it. Wow. I But the problem with this story is, and it was after I shared it on Twitter or wherever it was, I shared it. And I got to thinking about it. He said he laid $5 to win 72000 and I started doing the math. I was like, that doesn't jive at best at best. And the thing is his, his numbers that he was saying that he was getting, I couldn't see, I couldn't find those numbers anywhere as far as like that big of a spread. Uh, I mean, that big of a, uh, odds, but I'm thinking $5 to win 7,200, but they showed the video in the apartment and they were going crazy. Like he'd won 72,000. 
Either way, that's a good one. No, it is, but there's a big difference. Yo, there's a huge difference. You're like, oh, you can pay some bills. 72,000, the guy was fairly young. You know, that's that's like that's like quit your job for a week or two, right? That's at least, right? I like how you clean that up with for a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's not retirement money, but 72K for the kid looked like he was, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guesstimating because I'm looking at a video, but I don't know, early to mid twenties. And unless he had a really good job, like most of us in the early twenties have really terrible jobs. You know, if you're, let me put it this way. If you're flipping pizza somewhere and you win $72,000, I'm pretty sure you're not going into work for a while. In fact, in fact, if you, if you have a manager that's worth his salt, he calls you and says, why don't you take it some time off and get back to me after you've burned through that money? <laughs> Cause I don't want you as an employee right now. I want you to employee after you've gotten, you know, after you're down to like $600. <laughs> I mean, I, I had a roommate when I was about 20 ish, 21. Um, he got a settlement from a car crash and this is in the 1990s for $30,000. Justin, let me tell you something that wrecked his life. <laughs> That dude went off. He went off the deep end. He quit his job. I still don't know what happened to him. Uh, last time I ran into him, he was essentially living at his parents' house. If it was either that or a skid row, and he had just he'd gone from a pretty good worker, so someone you'd want to hire, to man, hide, <laughs> hide your belongings. <laughs> it was like eighteen months. He blew through thirty k. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right, so the, so my pick, or you know what? Since I went first, go go ahead and give me your last pick. Well, I was going to go with uh, passing touchdowns, but I uh, don't really see anything I like on that. There's uh, not a good prop on that right now. Let's go with, uh, since you brought up Piran, I'll take his uh, rushing yards over. Um, 17 and a half. Give me 18 yards there. Okay. So here's another teaser. You, you know, I'm the king of the teasers. I love them because I probably, cause I'm actually hitting them. <laughs> if I wasn't hitting them, I'd be like, stay away from them. Um, <clears throat> this is, this is one of my favorite teasers of the weekend. Couple ways you can go with this. The one I'm going to give you, and then I'll give you an alternative. If you don't like it, give me the under in the Cincinnati Kansas city game. So right now the over under is 47. That would push it uh, your, your typical teaser. That'll push it to 53. I think, th I think this is going to be a lower scoring game because I do not believe that Superman is going to be able to find a Cape in time. And that's going to be either a Mahomes doesn't go, go the full game or B they're very, very, uh, He's not going to have the flush the pocket shortstop moves. You at least think you limit those in this, and that's what extends and is, is the deciding factor in a lot of their winning drives. Unlike Jacksonville, I think Cincinnati is going to bring the house and make him move. I, I still don't understand why the Jags did not bring the house and make him move. So give me the under, and then on the other side, San Fran Philly, I want the over. 
So that will take, take now it's, it, it has moved up. So that takes you up to 40 and a half. When I originally grabbed this, it was at 39 and a half, but I'll still take the over. I think that's going to be a fairly high scoring game. The other option that I would like on that, if you got Cincinnati, Kansas City under and San Fran plus eight and a half in Philly, because I just, I think that's going to be a phenomenal game. And if I can have any points in my pocket, I'll take it. I think a lot of people are overreacting to how the San Fran offense struggled against Dallas. Dallas has a good defense. And they're also overreacting how the Philadelphia Eagles pounded the sand out of a Giants team. Let's be honest, they didn't really belong there. Brock Purdy's going to have his hands full getting off that bus coming into that stadium with those Eagles fans. And man, that's a tall order. I, I would go if I'm, I would go with the way of the over, if you're going to tease it and, and bring it down versus the points. Cause I can see, I'm hoping to see a game that's close and back and forth, but I think the Eagles are legit and I think they might pound them and run away with it in the second half. The only pushback I'll give to that, the San Francisco teams had a year to stew over losing in the NFC championship game, and they are talented, and they, they are, are tough, and what they do gives gives the Eagles fits. And what kills me, Justin, are the people who are who last week when the Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings, and they all said, dude, Minnesota's a fraud. Let's not get, let's not go out of control, blah, blah, blah. Then the Eagles pound the Giants there and goes, man, look how good the Eagles are. They beat the, they beat the stew out of the Giants. I'm like, I thought the Giants were basically frauds because they beaten a fraud. I mean, Danny Dimes is not, I don't think he's terrible, but I think he's a probably average, maybe above average quarterback, depending on how you look at it. But he he also doesn't have the the weapons that Purdy has. I mean, Purdy just has to kind of throw the ball in the general direction, and someone's catching that ball streaking down the sidelines. Trying to see his touchdowns and records with uh, the Panthers in the two visits, but nothing impressing worth talking about. I'm just going to say but a healthy that could be your difference, but uh, with the I, calf injury there, I don't see it. I do agree that I'm a little hesitant to take San Fran in just the points. I mean, if I'm going to do that, I might as well go the money line, right? Because, but I, th- I, th- I honestly think that's where the number is going to sit. I think it's going to sit two and a half, two and a half until some big money comes in and lands on the Eagles and then it'll get pushed to three, but then to buy it from three to three and a half, it's going to be north. like right now. If you look at San Fran on most books to take it from two and a half and buy a point to get it to three, you get, you go from minus one ten to like minus one sixty. I still can't believe the Bengals are one do- one point dogs. Uh, I figured that would have been a little bit farther. At least sitting two and a half, three range where you're flirting with a field goal because normally you get the field goal at home. But I would have thought the, the Mahomes injury would have pushed that a little bit. But, uh, hey, if you're a Bengals fan, it's in your favor right now. Yeah, they uh, – I think the Bengals – I don't know why everyone's doubting. I don't know why. That was a complete team win, and they thumped the Bills. I mean, they went there in the snow. And this is a Bills team that you saw struggle against the Dolphins the week previous, and they gave them fits. 
Uh, you alluded to it. If you can't, if you can't put the Dolphins away, what are you going to do with the Bengals? And you, you saw it. Uh, they, the Bengals took them to the woodshed. I feel like that I've got two teams in my sight right now with the Niners and the Bengals that feel like they have unfinished business from last year. But the Eagles are really good, so that could squash a lot of that. We both agree the Bengals get there. You think they pull it off? Yeah. We're and in agreement? I do think the Bengals get there. I guess I'll wait till Sunday to give my actual pick in the NFC. I'm I'm waffling. I'm waffling back and forth. There's a couple of things that, that I'm wanting to look at as far as statistics. Um, but I just, that game really is probably going to come down to who doesn't turn the ball over. I'll tell you something's crazy because we do have to jump out of here. Mention it last hour. So you can get MVP numbers right now. Grab Christian McCaffrey. He's 15 to one for Super Bowl MVP. Everyone else is three to one, four to one, five to one. Those aren't great numbers. Christian McCaffrey's three or 15 to one in Vegas right now. That's insane. Cause if they do beat Philly and they do win the Super Bowl, it's not going to be a Brock Purdy show. What's your walk off? We got to jump out of here. That's honey do list time. Uh, championship Sunday and it's late. So I have no excuses. Thank you, NFL, for not putting a game on Saturday and one midday Sunday and helping us out. But, you know, I get it. It's tradition. It's that time of year. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, hey, I'm right there with you. Uh, we're actually uh, doing spring cleaning in the garage. I, I, I told her, I said, well, we're getting up early because we got to be done by two. Like, none, none of this, me sliding into second, trying to get the kickoff because I really want to watch that Philly game. All right, we got to jump out of here. Stay locked in here for sports maps. First name sports on your way. Justin, see you next week. We'll see you tomorrow, three to five here on Braves Country. Goodbye, sweetheart. Well, it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Well, unless we're fired, we'll talk to you then. Goodbye, sweetheart. Goodbye. Goodbye. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something of the 5th of September. Something of the 5th of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of the 5th. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, in Noonan, Georgia. The NFL playoffs are back, and that means the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show is back. 
join Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Conference Championship Sunday and Super Bowl Sunday. 1 p.m. Eastern to 3 p.m. Eastern to get you ready for the biggest games of the year. The Armchair Quarterbacks will be talking the spreads, prop bets, over-unders, stupid underdogs, and the locks. That's the Armchair Quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates.